Hey everyone, it's Paul here. You know, today's episode 34 of the podcast. We're coming to you a little bit late this week because of uh, some scheduling conflicts. Um, I just got back from beautiful country of Mexico. Good to be back here in Florida. Um, my guests will be here shortly. You know, I've had a lot of guests. We've had a lot of people on here for the podcast. Um, I've never had anybody ask me for champagne on ice and um, foot massages and, you know, bouquets and, you know, a bowl of M&Ms with only the green M&Ms in the bowl and all sorts of other things. Um, and then I've also have never had anyone ask to be paid to be on the podcast before, but this guy, he was demanding, you know, upwards of $250,000 is quite ridiculous. And um, oh my God, he's here. He's coming in right now. All right, so he's here now. And um, yeah, see, and he threatens me. So anyway, you know, I'm a little intimidated right now. You should be. Simply by the presence. With no threats needed. Now he's spilling coffee. It's like, he's not a professional in any sense of the word. I made no guarantees, okay? You should be glad I'm here. He's here. So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. Wherever you may be, speaking of wherever you may be, you know, I have uh, access to all the statistics for this podcast. Apparently there's people in Puerto Rico, Greece, things like that, which I find interesting. You know, um, we're in Florida. I don't know if you guys knew that. I don't know if what we're saying necessarily applies to you, but maybe you just like, uh, you know, the riffraff, the rigmarole, in which case I thank you. So to be more present, I have a guest, as you can see. Hello. Hi. Don't say anything yet, please. <laughs> um, so I had some other people I asked. Uh, they were unavailable. So, you know, I had to start scraping the bottom of the barrel, this and that. Very bottom. Let me be nice, actually, because <laughs> this, this guy's a pal right here. This is my friend. Uh, his name is Horace Flournoy. He hails from North or South Kakalaki. South Carolina. You should know that. I should know that, but I'll let him tell you about that in a moment here. Um, Horace is, uh, not necessarily a full fledged agent. However, if you're a fan of the podcast, you'll recall one of our early episodes where we, uh, did an interview with Richard, who's our broker of record. When Joe and I first started doing the podcast, we thought of having some office staff on. So you can get an idea for not just the agent's perspective on things, but, um, you know, the whole world of what it is we do here. And, um, my friend here, Horace is starting to lean more into the world of agent type things. We'll get into that in a minute here. First, Horace, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm all right. Can you pull that mic a little closer to you? Sure. The unprofessional. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's anyway. I'm I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm Paul? doing so good, Horace. Good. <laughs> so, Horace, my friend, um, the people out there, I don't think they know much about you. I know too much about you. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from, man? How you got into real estate and how you came to be where you are today? Yeah, for sure. So um, I am originally from South Carolina. I started my undergraduate degree there. Didn't quite work out for me. So um, I had folks that lived down here in Tampa. So I transferred to USF. And I was like, let me do a second try college. Go Bulls. Um, And so, yeah, I took the second shot at college. I graduated with political science. 
in 2018. Go poli sci. Go poli sci. Just as a side note, we're both poli sci majors, yet neither of us work in a related field. But that's neither here nor there. It's great. That's another podcast. That's another video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, I graduated in 2018, and throughout my undergraduate degree, I have been working in restaurants, bartending, serving, all of the above. And so I really took that and ran with it right after college and became a restaurant manager. Um, lots of responsibilities, lots of headaches, lots of hours. Um, and so COVID-19 happened. What? Yeah. <laughs> In case you missed that, <laughs> COVID-19 happened and um, a lot of restaurants shut down and my restaurant was no exception. So here I was jobless in a, at the time, dying industry. So I really took that time to reflect and think about what my next career move was. And I landed on real estate and I took a couple months, got licensed. Um, I had my first job at Keller Williams as a lead generator and prospector. I was on the phone for seven hours a day. <laughs> Yuck. Yes, cold calling individuals that might wanna sell their home. Um, and that wasn't really the pace for me. That really wasn't the role that I think suited my strengths. Um, so I ended up at 54 Realty. Um, I was just applying. Realty. That should be the jig. You should write that. Okay. We're going to commission you. Got it. Um, but yeah, 54 Realty has been great. I started as a transaction coordinator in October. Um, and that was really fun. I got to work with contracts and learn more about real estate and really dip my toe in it. And just understand what in the world the field was about and how a sale goes down. Um, and then January, I got promoted to Director of Transaction Coordination. So it's been a lovely ride here. Applause, applause, applause. Yes. Applause, applause, applause. Thank you. It's owed. Thank you. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, so yeah, I've been very fortunate to end up here with all these lovely people, including you. You met everyone, he's talking about me. <laughs> So, um, Horace, what was your experience like in this, this cold calling role? What did that teach you about the world of, uh, of being an agent or being in real estate rather? Because the way I understand it from how you talk about it, it was like a pre-agent role almost, right? Like an agent in training. So what was that like and what were they trying to prepare you for? So, um, real estate is multifaceted, especially when you, uh, think about how you're going to go find business and how you're going to go get it. How do you generate people that want to work with you and sell their house or buy a home with you? Um, and agents do that completely differently, you know, across the board. So I was with a team leader who had kind of built her real estate empire off of calling people that were trying to sell their home by themselves without an agent or people who had a listing that expired. It was just on the market too long. The deal with their original agent fell through, whatever it may be. So her intentions with me were like, hey, if I put you through three months of boot camp where you're just doing this, at the end of that three months, you will be stellar, amazing, absolutely great at generating your own leads and finding your own business, um, which is a great you know, tactic for some if that is how you are built mentally. Uh, for me, <laughs> um, I was kind of an anxious mess. For most of it. So I just, you know, realized I'm like, if I'm going to be in real estate, maybe this isn't where I should be. Maybe this isn't the right home for me that suits my skills and my needs. Um, so, yeah, that's what it was like. I sat on the phone every day and that's uh, rough. Yeah, very rough. So I see us now adopting something similar, not quite as grueling nor mandatory on that uh, for that matter. 
I'm sure you've heard about it. They're calling it office opportunity time where the agents can come in and work with the agent partners, which are basically our ISAs for people that don't know, and just sift through the database, the pond as they call it, and not necessarily fully cold calling, kind of like warm calling as they refer to it as, where, you know, this person has visited the website in the past or put in a phone call or their timeline was different or whatever it might be. And basically some people are getting um, leads, like essentially hot leads out of that. So I think it's, while it can be an intimidating practice, and like you said, some people might be an anxious mess or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I think it can hurt, especially if you're having trouble uh, you know, approaching finding leads in other avenues, right? You know, like buying leads online or door knocking, mailing, whatever it might be. So, people out there, don't be afraid to get on the phones. You might find some gold every once in a while. I think some of our agents have, right? And um, I'm glad you had that experience for us. Yeah, I definitely did. It was for sure helpful in the very least. It teaches a lot about yourself. And um, like you said, in the world of real estate, picking up the phone, um, even if it's not cold calling, is a very good way just to generate business. Um, so that team leader was on to something. Um, and the skills that I picked up from her, I'm like, I can use that on, on any phone call. Um, but it's really up to you and how you decide to generate your yeah. business. And-, and so that didn't like completely turn you off from real estate. Even though you didn't necessarily enjoy the cold calling, you were still kind of like, this might be something I want to do. Right. Yeah, it was definitely something I said I might want to do, just not specifically in this way, because there are a million ways to pick up the phone and have conversations with consumers or clients. Um, Cold calling is just one of those ways. And so I said, you know, I, I have I'm picking up these phone skills. I'm learning a lot from this team leader. She's teaching, teaching me a lot about sales a lot about scripting, about knowing what to say to someone that's trying to buy or sell a home, which is very important. Um, It was just a tactic that wasn't necessarily right for me, if that makes sense. Interesting. So then um, you wound up here, as you said. Yes. God bless, you know. I remember remember your first day still, Horace. Oh, I don't. I'm glad you do. (laughs) I'm going to cry just thinking about it, you know. No, but um, so obviously you started in the transaction coordination role for people that don't know. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what that kind of is? Yeah, for sure. So a transaction coordinator is, it's an agent's best friend um, or should be. So your transaction coordinator is the person who works behind the scenes from the time that you sign a contract to the time that you close, clear the funds and pick up your keys for your new home, right? Um, So we're emailing the title company, the lender, um, we're emailing the clients, um, the co-op agent who is working the other side of the deal, and we're just making sure that all the paperwork, all the ducks are in the row, really just doing everything we can behind the scenes so the agent can you know, get out there and do what they do best, talk to the clients, show homes, evaluate the market, all of that stuff. And um, as far as I know, not every brokerage has something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Some agents are kind of out there doing all this work themselves. Do you think having to do that themselves detracts from the amount of work that they're able to into the other aspects of the business oh no absolutely absolutely um i think a transaction coordinator nowadays is absolutely paramount just because you have to balance a lot of clients and they all have you know different needs um some want to see 50 homes um some want to see two right and you have to balance all of their needs as long as keeping up with your own personal schedule so a lot of the documents a lot of the really nitty-gritty granular details is something that you can lean on your transaction coordinator for 
So um, if you don't have one, I highly suggest it. <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> right. Would highly recommend. These would, guys work would hard. Would recommend. Um, so then obviously you got promoted to transaction manager. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people kind of can, can guess what comes with that is managing the whole team, right? Right. More recently, which is what I wanted to ask you about next and what I kind of mentioned up top where you're getting into more of the agent side of things. It's this new role that we're building out called, uh, I think it's referred to as the showing agent. Is there a different name for it? Showing or? agent, showing specialist. They kind of go hand in hand in the same thing. All right. You're mm-hmm. a specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, Specialized. So you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> you're a busy guy, obviously, because you're still doing, you know, the, the management of the transaction coordination department Monday through Friday. And then as I understand it, you're doing the showing agent stuff on the weekends. Yes. So I wanted you to maybe explain what this role is and kind of why we decided to build this out. And then, uh, you know, we can talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So um, and this kind of leans back to the point about the transaction coordinator is that agents should be able to have the time to do what they do best. Right. Um, Which is getting contract signs, getting offers in and talking to their clients and advising them, evaluating the market. What a showing specialist does um, is they meet the clients and uh, show them the property. And it's more of an immediate need. So if you want to see, you know, 123 Main Street on a Saturday at 4 p.m., um, you can call the office and I'll pick up the phone and I'm ready to show you at 4 p.m. Right. So it gives me the opportunity to kind of take you through the journey of seeing all these homes. What I do is I'm going to look up everything I can about that home, get all the details, get all of the offer details that may be needed to best prepare you to have a conversation with an agent. Right. It's kind of a um, it's just kind of that pre step. Right. Right. Showing homes, seeing homes is like your first step. What comes after that is like a million things. Right. So what it does for me is it allows me to just get out there, show you the properties, give you all the information that you need. And then if you're ready to write an offer, I got my buyer specialist with you. Um, if you have questions about the market, um, about what you should submit, et cetera, et cetera, the buyer specialist can kind of work in tandem with me and uh, get that settled for you. So that not only benefits the agent, obviously, because as you said, same thing with the transaction coordinator, it allows them to take some things off their plate right. and focus on all their clients, but it also benefits the clients, at least from my perspective. And by the way, I didn't know anything really about this role other than what you've told me. So I'm learning here. Um, but in my opinion, it also benefits the client because, um, and as you were saying in this other video that, you know, you Mm -hmm, were doing, mm -hmm. um, it's one of those type of markets where the sooner you can get in to see something and get the ball rolling, the better your chances are of actually acquiring that home. Right. So for a client to have access to someone like yourself, who is readily available just for that exact reason to show homes kind of boost their chances, I would think, of getting what they want. No, definitely. The market is very hot right now, and sellers are more or less getting what they want. So um, I'll show a home on Saturday, and the listing agent will be like, we're you know, accepting offers by the end of Sunday night, and we're going to review them Monday morning. So um, yeah, your timeline is really condensed because of the yeah. market that we're in. You don't have any time. You have You can see a couple of homes, and then you have to really make your decision, right? So the showing specialist does be like, okay, I'm going to be able to show you this home right here, right now, today. Is this the home for you? You know, let's keep moving. And if not, we'll we'll see something tomorrow, you know. So it's definitely an advantage to the client. Are you enjoying the role so far? 
I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I meet lots of people, <laughs> <laughs> lots of interesting people, and there are a lot of really nice homes out there in the greater Tampa Bay area. Um, so you don't know this, but I'm actually home shopping for myself. I didn't know that. Right. <laughs> right. So I'm looking for things and, uh, just seeing homes just allows me to be like, okay, you know, these prices are X, Y, Z. I get to meet people. I get to be a part of their journey. Buying a home is probably the biggest transaction that anybody could ever really make. So I get to be a part of that journey with a lot of first time home buyers, second time home buyers, et cetera. That's awesome. And you're also getting a lot of experience yourself, right? Right. Exactly. I want to talk a little bit about like the, the consumer experience, because I think you and I can relate to this more than maybe some agents can, Mm -hmm. Um, especially since you just told me you're looking for a home yourself. So what kinds of things are you seeing as far, obviously, you know, you're not handling, um, as you said, the buyer specialist side of things, but I'm sure you're having a lot of conversations with these people. Mm Mm-hmm. What types of situations are you seeing for people who are trying to get into homes right now? Are you seeing a lot of people coming from out of state or like first time home buyers or is it like a healthy mix? What are you kind of seeing out there? I would say it's probably a healthy mix. Um, we do have a lot of people moving to Florida, especially Tampa. Um, so I will show a lot of people that are from up north or from, you know, the north midwest, Ohio, Michigan, those areas, and they're looking to buy, you know, they're looking to move for warmer weather, or they're looking for a vacation home, which Tampa has so many of those homes in great areas. So it's a healthy mix of that. It's a healthy mix of first-time home buyers. It's a little bit tougher for them in this market right now. Right. Um, But it's, there's still a healthy mix of those, as well as people that are just buying investments. Um, So yeah, it's... All around here. <laughs> yeah. So for people who might be feeling like the pressure or the heat of the market on the mm-hmm. buy side, I'm sure yourself included. Mm-hmm. Do you ever find yourself in a situation where you have to like reassure them of certain things, like to kind of calm their nerves? Or is that generally fall more on, say, the buyer specialist? It falls more on the buyer specialist, but I am there and um, I'm usually your first in-person contact when we're going to show homes. So, and of course I've done this a million times. I've shown up a lot of properties. So I do have a little bit of an idea of, you know, what your pre-qualifications might look like and kind of what you may be up to pay for. So I do kind of advise, calm their nerves. And a lot of people are just nervous. Yeah. And a lot of people are just nervous. I took a couple out, um, last week and they were like this is the perfect house for us it's right in our price range we're just anxious about this yeah like it's okay you know if this is the right one now's the time so it's really just about having those conversations and appearing more human i guess he's an alien so that's kind of hard for it's very difficult (laughs) (laughs) well horse i'm glad to hear all that man i'm glad you're liking the new role it sounds like something that's gonna work out nicely for like i said the agents and the clients Mm -hmm. and people who are you know doing this role alongside you. I think we have two others right now, Allison and uh, Ryan. So shout out to Allison and Ryan. Wonderful people. I got to get them on here. Yeah. Get all three of you guys at the same time. Right, exactly. I'm the (laughs) first choice though, so. Clearly. Yeah, I got to make that noted. (laughs) So that's good to hear, man. So I just have a couple other questions for you, less related to that and more so related to you. Um, I think it's interesting to have you on because I don't think everybody that listens to this necessarily is an agent themselves. Mm. I have a lot of, you know, family members, friends, peers, whatever that listen that are just interested in the world of real estate right. and might be interested themselves uh, as to getting into the industry. So let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So as far as you personally being in this industry, 
however many years now. How long has it been? Not a couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you say has been your biggest like character trait or strength rather that has allowed you to get where you are right now? That's a really good question. Um, so for me personally, I'd say I have two things that work out very well for me. Um, number one is optimism, <laughs> um, which you know seems kind of silly, but it's a very strong character trait to have because you know we all know that life doesn't always work accordingly or according to the plans that we set out. So it's smart to keep in mind that this too shall pass, right? Not everything is forever, you know, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, or you're going to be thinking about this exact situation that you're in. So I like to be very optimistic. I like to, you know, take the punches as they roll. I've been through, as we just talked about, a couple of career changes, a couple of school changes, and um, I was very discouraged, you know, through both of those, um, especially COVID-19, when I had to completely reevaluate my entire life. Um, But, you know, I was optimistic about the future because I knew the tools that I had and I knew that there were options, so I didn't dwell too much on you know, the downfalls and the negatives, I had the privilege to be like, you know what, there's still more out there, there's still something else to do. And I wound up here, which is great. Um, The second thing is kind of goes in tandem with the first is I like to keep a cool and calm level head throughout the day throughout the week. (laughs) He's just being an anxious wreck. but yeah, you know, uh, people describe me as calm a lot of the time. You are, I'm just right. Around. And yeah. so, <laughs> what they don't know is that internally, there's just a lot of things turning. There's a lot of things just kind of bumping around, and just <laughs> right now, they're all turning and bumping around. But the important thing to know is that, you know, you have to focus on what you can do next. Um, this goes with optimism. If you get too bogged down in what's going on right in front of you, what the error, what the mistake, or what the mishap was, you won't really have time to process a solution. Um, so I try to be as solution-oriented as possible throughout my day when people come to me and they're like, oh my God, this is happening. I'm like, okay, what are we going to do about it now, right? So optimism and being solution-oriented, those have been my two biggest strengths because I have a lot of weaknesses. So <laughs> the, the point is, is to be able to cover those weaknesses, know what they are, and keep it moving. Amen. 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 To your point about optimism, I think that's especially, especially helpful in this industry because, <clears throat> as you and I know, a lot of uh, real estate not only is a career, but like the market itself is cyclical. Mm-hmm. So... On the career side of things, um, and I've talked to a lot of agents on here who have said this, you know, Alexis is a great example where she was hitting this big dry spell Mm -hmm. and she's like, should I get a part-time job? Should I quit entirely? What should I do? This sort of thing. And then she just kind of stuck it out, stayed optimistic and had, you know, her biggest month in her entire career and one of the biggest months of any agent here, really. So you never know what's around the corner, right? And on the market side of things, while it has been pretty steady for the past, what, almost two years or yes, two years of being in a seller's market. You never know when that's going to flip. There are people smarter than you and I that probably might know, but, (laughs) but, um, you know, things change. So you have to adapt. You have to stay optimistic and say, all right, whatever my situation is going to be, I'll pivot and I'll make it work. So I think that's a good trait to have in this, uh, 
in this real estate world that we find ourselves in. Absolutely. You said you have a lot of weaknesses. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, let's talk about some of them because we all do, right? Yeah. Um, and I think identifying those and, and learning to uh, adjust or um, some of them can be corrected, yes, mm-hmm. um, is important to being successful. So what are some of those? You don't have to get into all of them, obviously, if there are a million. It's a long list. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But what are some that you've uh, more specifically find yourself trying to <clears throat> overcome? For me, I, you know, struggle with time management, um, which is something I think a lot of people struggle with. For sure. And I think it's so important when you get into real estate, especially as an agent, because your time is your own to manage, right? Um so yeah, time management is a big one. I've been trying to combat that um, just by being, you know, more alert or aware of what I'm doing in any given moment. I try to keep lots of notes and lots of to-do lists so that I can just structure my day, structure my days, weeks, um, and just try to negate that. But you know, we're all a work in progress. Yeah, <laughs> I think the time management thing is big too. Like. Because you and I can relate in the sense that we often find ourselves pulled in a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. So that that's where it becomes difficult to prioritize things. I'm sure agents probably experience the same thing. Um, for me personally, Google Calendar is God. Um, God, God bless you, Google Calendar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there's alternatives out there, but that happens to be the one that I use. If it ain't on there, it doesn't exist to right. me personally. But the same thing, I keep notes and that sort of thing. I think it's important to stay organized to, to manage your time. As you said, time is money, that classic cliche. It saying, really is. Which turns out to be true, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> don't have a lot of time, don't have a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so, Horace, um, if you hadn't chosen real estate, what might you find yourself doing? Oh, God. Um, Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I worked at Cracker Barrel for five years, yeah. <laughs> slinging pancakes. Um, <laughs> Oh man! So interesting enough. I we both graduated with poli sci. What? Right? Are you sure? Because mine's still in the folder, man. I haven't even gotten framed yet. Oh, mine's somewhere stowed away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I started my undergraduate degree as a music education major. Um, so I play saxophone. I played for about fifteen years, um, and all my life I just want to be a little band director. Um, and to this day, I still try to like practice guitar or like singing or doing whatever little thing. And if I had to pick any career, don't laugh. I will not laugh. But I would just be a famous musician, honestly. Like who doesn't want to be famous? Straight up. If you say you don't want to be famous, I feel like you're just lying. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I love music. So if I can make a lot of money doing what I love. I would 100% do that. Now, I also love real estate. I'm not going to say I don't love it here. Um, I do love real estate, and I do love uh, being a leader. That's fun. And being able to just help people. So it's a good, you know, it's a good substitute for being a famous pop star. Well, I was going to say, I can think of someone who lived a double life um, and was at once a famous musician and just a a regular Joe. Is it you? No. You might know her. Her name's Hannah Montana. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. She's actually, you know, one of my aspirations. So, I thought so. Yeah, I, I could actually sense that in ordered you. a blonde wig off of Amazon, and I'm going to try it out. <laughs> I hope you all know who Hannah Montana is. Otherwise, that was just a really stupid 
thing that we just said. <laughs> it was stupid regardless. Bro. It was pretty stupid either way. Um, you know? No, man, that's really cool. I, I was uh, for a while wanting to get into the music world myself. It's one of those industries uh, as well that's very volatile and very, very difficult. That's very even, even if you have all the experience and talent in the world. So Right. But I think the important thing is, is I don't necessarily need to make money off of music. But at least with this job, it's afforded me the time to be able to take my my free time and like actually have a hobby and, you know, practice guitar and sing and at least be active in it that way, you know. That's what they say. You should use your job to fuel your dreams. Good old American dreams. Just full of gems today, aren't I, man? Are you? I think so. We'll let the people decide. It's a no dog. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Horace, this has all been good, man. I don't have quite as many questions for you, uh, just because this is uh, a little bit different than than what our normal rigmarole is. Right. I'm not quite as important as the agents. I mean, clearly. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Um, so obviously, man, we'll, we'll end with the same kind of thing that we usually end with. This is a little bit different because, you know, your role is different. For the people out there who might want to explore the real estate industry to have a career in, whether it be as an agent or as a transaction coordinator or as marketing or whatever it might be. What would your advice to them be? How would you suggest they approach it? So, hmm. I would say know your strengths and really pay attention to where you want to work. Um, <clears throat> in the world of real estate, like I said earlier, it's so multifaceted that so many brokerages and companies work in completely different ways and they have completely different setups. So for you getting in the world of real estate it's really about knowing yourself and knowing what your strengths are and knowing where your passions lie and then picking the right place to be um and that's really just advice for any job i that's think true. like you should you know really look out for the company that fits your mentality your culture your attitude as well as their workflow and functionality um and ask all the important questions that's really what it is um yeah <laughs> to hear first folks yes so know yourself i think drake said that once did he really there's, there's something called okay i might have to copyright that then you better hurry up man speaking of uh, money i think drake has a lot of it so yes he is a famous pop star so let's see what did we cover today we talked about hannah montana we talked about drake mm -hmm. we talked about how you requested champagne which by the way should be here any minute yes so, sorry about that um it's the end of the podcast now <laughs> I'm going to get a phone call from your agent later. Yeah. No, but anyway, man, I really appreciate you making the time last minute to do this. I'm sure the people out there uh, will love you. I hope so. <laughs> I hope they love me as much as they love you. I don't think they do, Horace. I, I think they do. You get a lot of hate mail. They say, why do you do this all the time? I do this all the time. I've also had questions about that, but you know. You notice that? that? Yeah. 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 I was just letting you live your best life, you know? It's an involuntary thing, I think. I do this a lot. Move the mic a lot. Woo, woo, woo. I'm getting a phone call right now, so I hope that doesn't mess up the audio. You're. Have you done this before? No, this no. <laughs> is my first time. I'm the Paul clone. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> trailing off a little bit there. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Horace, you're the man. Do you have anything you want to promote, Horace? Ooh, my Instagram handle is. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding i want to promote 54 realty we're great i'm here paul's here and uh we get work done we do 
most days. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. It's time for the shameless plugs. So, as you know, we're on Spotify, we're on YouTube, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on all the other ones that nobody really seems to use. So, if you're on those things, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, do me a solid, guys. Drop a like, drop a follow, drop a subscription, whatever their model is. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, I think you can leave us a review. So go ahead and do that because you know that we're a five-star podcast. That's what I've always said, right, Horace? Yes. I've always said it. And I'll continue to do so. Social media-wise, please uh, be sure to follow and uh, on Facebook, Instagram. Um, where else are we? Uh, TikTok. Ooh. Let me tell you a little something about a website called TikTok. Um, you can post short videos that are quite engaging ranging from a variety of topics, uh, anywhere from real estate to how to cook a grilled cheese sandwich. So if you're not up on that, go ahead and log in and subscribe to not only the real estate playbook account, but the 54 Realty account. And as a matter of fact, if you go onto that 54 Realty account, you'll find some very embarrassing footage of myself and Horace. So if you're interested in such things. I'm not embarrassed. Are you embarrassed? Not really. Okay, That's, that's the sad part. part. <laughs> Hop on over there and uh, give us a follow. I think that's it, everyone. Thank you for watching, as always. And we shall see you next week. Take care. God bless. And um, go Google Hannah Montana if you don't know who she is. Yeah. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. (laughs)